podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about Eintracht Frankfurt, the best club in the Bundesliga, the best club in Germany, best club in Europe, best club in the world for that matter. But we're a little bit biased. I'm your host, Brian Sanders. You can follow me on Twitter at KCSGE. More importantly, follow the show on Twitter. That is at H-E-F-Pod. You can also email us at heyeintrachtfrankfurt at gmail.com. And, of course, follow us on Facebook for all the latest news and information on Eintracht Frankfurt in the English language. And that is uh, facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod. So here to talk a little bit about Eintracht Frankfurt versus Stuttgart at the weekend, uh, brought on a gentleman who does a commentary for the Bundesliga World Feed. It is Kevin Hatchard. Hello, Kevin. Thanks Hello. For- How are you? Oh, you know, not too bad. It is uh, just the start of another fall in the United States, and here's hoping that uh, I don't have to go through too much snow, as uh, uh, can be expected in the, the the Midwest of the United States. So you had the privilege of co- uh, broadcasting to the Bundesliga World Feed, the Eintracht versus Stuttgart match. This is your first uh, match of the season bro- uh, uh, broadcasting uh, the Eintracht. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, this season, I did a lot of Frankfurt last season, uh, but this was my first uh, detailed look at them as a commentator. I've obviously seen uh, a fair few of their games, seen their matches, seen highlights, uh, and they contributed to what was actually one of the best games of the season so far. That's a t- that, and uh, let's put it this way, uh, considering uh, the other matches that uh, happened on the match day, that's a... That that is t- high praise indeed for the Eintracht versus Stuttgart. But the way that it played out is something that has kind of been a uh, dog in the heels of the Eintracht uh, fans and the team itself. Uh, again, Eintracht uh, found themselves down this time to Stuttgart, and not just you know uh, by one goal, a two goal margin. The first half really was one to forget as an Eintracht fan. And Kevin, watching this and commentating it for the world feed, what were you seeing in the first 45 minutes that you were scratching your head wondering that might have made you think, what is going on with Frankfurt? Is Stuttgart just running away with this? Well, I thought Stuttgart started the game very well. I thought Nicolas Gonzalez, who was making his first Bundesliga start of the season, took the chance very well. He was a bundle of energy, very aggressive uh, in his running. And we saw that with the penalty because he was too hot to handle for Almami Toure. He managed to bundle his way past the first defender. And then Toure, I don't think, needed to bring him down, but I think was suckered into it, really, by a very good run by Gonzalez. And then he put the penalty away exceptionally well. And then just a perfectly timed run from Gonzalo Castro, a lovely ball from Gonzalez. And they were a little bit disorganized at the back in that first half, Frankfurt, even though they did pose a threat going the other way. So I, I thought it was a great comeback in that second half. I think Eamon Barcock's a terrific player. I've been a fan of his since he scored that winner against Werder Bremen as a teenager <laughs> on his Bundesliga debut. And I think it's a shame he hasn't had more game time. But he's a player that's maturing all the time. And he's a player that I think... His instincts are to play in a very carefree way, almost like a street football style, if you like. That doesn't always go down well with coaches. But I think if Adi Huter can harness that ability, then you've got a really good player on your hands. 
You mentioned his uh, debut when he scored that uh, curling shot against Werder Bremen to win a couple years back. He spent the last um, two seasons on loan, which didn't exactly uh, turn out all too well for him and his development in my eye whilst he was at Fortuna Dusseldorf. I think, but as I look at and see him on the pitch, I do see and uh, the the it seems pretty much night and day different uh the kind of player that he is today he seems much more confident he seems much more polished i think something uh that he's been kind of working on in you know when it comes to you know just working on the training pitch itself you know maybe just logging hours in the the weight rooms as well because he used to just be a willowy kind of player and you know to assist his name right there First time we've seen that in quite some time from from a young Eintracht player coming through the academy. He's it's kind of scary at the fact that uh, he's one of the first academy kids to kind of make a make a name for himself uh, since uh, Stendera did uh, oh so many years ago. It seems now. Um, do you foresee him like from? I mean, this is just you know one example. Do you foresee him as one that the Eintracht should be focusing more on? Perhaps uh, as the year goes on, perhaps that he nails down a uh, starting role because, uh, like you said, he was a live wire in this one. Yeah, and I think he gives them something that probably only Daichi Kamada gives them in general, which is something a bit unpredictable. Um, good movement, good skill. They are, even when they've been exciting, I think, Frankfurt, with that front three, if you go back to Ante Rebic, Sebastian Allaire and Luka Jovic, it's quite direct and that, that's not a bad thing, especially if you can get the ball to forwards of that quality as quickly as possible. But they're not always a team that's going to slice you open from midfield. And I think Barcock is the kind of player, as we saw with the assist for the first goal, who can do that. He can take players on. He can commit opposition defenders and make space for others. So I think guys like him and Kamada, I think Frankfurt do need because when the direct football isn't working, I think they need a plan B, and he's absolutely that. I do agree with that. Uh, the plan B uh, is going to be needed. Uh, one player who typically is a plan A, but uh, has now made the return, has been uh, Fidel Kostic returning back to the Eintracht after a long time out injured. And with the way that uh, these matches are coming thick and fast, uh, you blink and suddenly multiple matches can pass you by. Seeing him, it, even for the briefest of times, made uh, myself, amongst other Eintracht fans, get very excited for the possibilities of what will happen once we return back from this international break. What did you make of him? Well, he's a key player, and he has shown a consistency at Frankfurt that I don't think most Bundesliga observers would have expected because I think if you looked at his spells with Stuttgart and Hamburg, he was actually quite a frustrating player. Uh, I don't think just being an out-and-out winger really worked for him, but I think working as a wing-back with Frankfurt seemed to spark something in him. I think there's been a certain amount of maturing that he's done as a guy and as a player, which has really helped. And he's one of those players that once he gets moving, he's very, very difficult to stop. And I think 
whereas before you'd see him go past one player, but the cross wouldn't be good enough or he'd hit the first man or he, he couldn't get past that second challenge. Now he has the confidence that he can beat multiple players and find the right cross or find the right shot and actually make a tangible difference to games. So I think his evolution has been very impressive and I think he deserves credit for that. And I think Frankfurt's coaching staff deserve credit for that as well. Coaching, that is something that has been kind of irksome with uh, some of the Eintracht fans. With uh, some matches that have not gone uh, our way, uh, you can go to the 1-1 draw with Cone. You can go to the recent draw with Werder Bremen. You can even go to match day one where we uh, ended up with a 1-1 draw with newly promoted Amina Bielefeld. Many fans have been looking at Hutter's tactics and thinking that uh, while it's fine and dandy to make comebacks and earn points back, that points are being left on the, you know, points are being left out there that could have been grabbed earlier if, you know, the strategy would be a little different. It seems very much that he makes his changes. The changes end up uh, earning Eintracht the points, but that's not something that can be done long term. What have you, what have you made of Adi Hutter this season? Well, I think. That- it, overall, it's difficult because if you look at the situation that he took over, he took over a Niko Kovac team that had just won the DFB Cup, a Niko Kovac team that was very well organized, very well drilled. He tried to implement something a bit different, a more attacking style, maybe. And you have to look at the players that the club has lost in recent seasons. It's very, very difficult if you lose players of the quality of Jovic and Rebic and Alaire, and you have to then rebuild a forward line. And they've tried to do that. Andre Silva, I think, has now really settled. So I think there's a, a source of goals on a regular basis. Baz Dost is working hard at becoming fitter and I think becoming somebody who can affect the game on a more regular basis. I think Daichi Kamada is getting better all the time. So I think we have to look at the raw material that he actually has because Frankfurt is a club that has really taken big strides in recent seasons. As you well know, as your listeners well know, you know, you were very, very close to going down. That relegation playoff against Nuremberg was a Mm. real nail biter. And if you think of where you were then to where you are now, you know, a Europa League semi-final, a few penalty kicks away from getting to the final that year, won the DFB Cup, got to another final. It's been a remarkable golden era, if you like, in the last few years. It's very difficult to maintain that. You look at the clubs that are spending money, you look at the clubs that have made big strides, and the competition for fifth and sixth is very, very tough. And actually, I'd say the competition for sixth, because I do genuinely believe that Leverkusen, Gladbach, Leipzig, Dortmund and Bayern kind of have their own league going on. And so if you can finish top of that next league, that's hugely impressive. 
I do think that this season, um, with the fact that Eintracht not participating in any European competition and the clubs that you mentioned are kind of leading the way with participating in Europe, you also had have Hoffenheim as well that's uh, going through the uh, group phase of the Europa League and the Champions League where you're having to play literally two matches, like a match every three days. It is like, you know, um, Bundesliga on the weekend uh, UEFA in the midweek thought had gone to many Eintracht fans, including myself, that perhaps this would be the season that Eintracht could finally punch through, punch beyond fifth place, maybe get into fourth or third, just down to the fact that fixture congestion alone is just going to drag some of these guys down. And yet some fans are just thinking, oh, we could, we should be up there chasing for them, putting the pressure on these guys, and yet just it has so far, <laughs> so far we're mid table. Nothing wrong with that, and we're still within striking distance. But this has got to, for an Eintracht, from the Eintracht point of view, be that unique, op- and even Hertha Berlin as well. Uh, the opportunity where, hey, if you're ever to try and uh, nudge out these other guys to get that coveted uh, uh, third or fourth place spot and entry into the UEFA Champions League and all the riches that come in with that, this would be the time. Yeah, but I just, I, I could see that from a fan's point of view. From a neutral observer's point of view, I don't think it's a realistic gap to bridge. I think if you had, and I know I keep coming back to them, but they were very, very important and, and high quality players. If you had Alaire, if you had Jovic, if you had Rabic, if you had that squad, maybe as an outside chance, you could have a swing at the top four. But I just think the squads are too strong. I think you look at Leipzig, they can make six, seven changes and still have a very, very strong team. I think you look at Leverkusen, yes, they lost Kai Havertz, yes, they lost Kevin Folland, but they have spent heavily on that squad over the past couple of years. And they've got options as well. Gladbach actually have got stronger, kept their key players. I just don't think... For a club like Frankfurt, where they are right now in terms of the resources they have, in terms of the quality they have in that squad, I think they're light years away from that top four. I think if they were to finish sixth, maybe, I think that's a massive success. I really do, because I do think there is a significant gap between the clubs who are in that top five and clubs like Eintracht, like Wolfsburg, Uh, like Hoffenheim. I think that's the kind of band you're in and that's where you need to be looking to get to the top of. So where, for Eintracht, where do they need to look to make that step up? Because like you mentioned, uh, getting into the semifinals of the Europa League, looking back at it, I look at that and just think to myself, golly, maybe that was the easiest way to have been able to get into that coveted Champions League money, which the very moment that so many folks, and I am of the the same mind that, you know, once Eintracht gets into the Champions League, if that is somehow sustained, that could mean that the Eintracht could become that next big pinnacle of a German club that's going to be able to consistently uh, uh, try and fight for the Bundesliga title and uh, European honours as well. 
Well, look, the stadium's there, the fan base is there. We know that. We know all the thousands of Frankfurt fans that went from Marseille to Milan. You know, they went all over uh, Europe in that incredible campaign. So that's there. But I think the recruitment, the key to that really, is you have to have as many hits as possible. And you think of the players that they have brought in that really blossomed but they have had players since then and it hasn't quite worked out. I know they really like Jibril So and they're hoping that he's going to make that leap, but that hasn't happened yet. He hasn't been able to go to that next level. Dejan Jovelic, a lot of excitement about him when he came in. That hasn't really worked out at this stage. So if you look at the model that they have, if you look at what they're trying to do, which is effectively be a club that knows it's going to have to sell top talents eventually, but then puts that money into clever recruitment and then they can then develop those players. Kamada's doing well. Silva's doing well. But there are other talents that they were hoping would make the leap who haven't quite made that leap at this stage. And they did well to keep Martin Hinteregger. He's done exceptionally well. And I think he's the kind of player that I think really suits Frankfurt. They love him. He loves the club. So I think that works. It wouldn't necessarily work at a different club. So I think that's working really well right now. But I just think it's about strengthening that squad slowly over time and trying to find more consistency. And that's the thing they're lacking. You know that better than me. They're lacking that <laughs> consistency at the moment. And the other thing as well is that, you know, everybody's going to get smacked by Bayern. We know that. But I think their recent performances away at Bayern have just underlined where they're at right now. There's a big, big gap that they need to bridge. And defensively, they're interesting because I look at the individuals. I love Makoto Hasebe. I have done for a long, long time. But he's starting to make mistakes here and there. Hinterega, that should work. You look at him and think, great, brilliant player. Abraham, been around the block, still quick for his age. Uh, still got that kind of grit and determination and a little bit of nastiness that you need as a defender sometimes. But sometimes as a group, it doesn't quite work. So individually, the defenders are very good. But I think sometimes as a unit, they look a bit more fragile than they should. Yeah, it is uh, the struggles of being an Eintracht fan. And just to think <laughs> that uh, just last season, we had to bid adieu to Marco Ross, another old-time uh, Eintracht defender. And so uh, change is definitely a, a coming when it does come to the Eintracht back line. Uh, kind of had you on, uh, and I know you're going to have to leave us in a little bit. Um, recently, uh, with the stadium bans that have kind of been, as we're now going right back into lockdown here's hoping that we're able to have you know partial stadium you know attendees and then here's hoping more so do you see that uh in the long term that the financial damage has already been done to sun clubs and that's put them in situations that they are now fighting for their relegation survival and Mayans and Schalke. And then you have Werder Bremen who they're just happy. The fact that they're at mid table after getting in the relegation scare, <laughs> which is the relegation playoff. Do you foresee that there are other clubs in the Bundesliga who, if, things in the if the rest of the world doesn't get better that um eintracht um financial ceo has talked about how much money that they have lost but 
they have still been able to reinvest in the squad, and there are other teams in the Bundesliga who haven't. Do you foresee there being more issues over the course of the season that will pop up and come to light as the season goes on, outside of those cases that we are already aware of? Look, I think we know the financial damage that COVID-19 has done, not just in football, but in every walk of life. And I think clubs have to try and react to that accordingly. I think the DFL have worked very, very hard with the government and with the state governments in terms of how they can keep football going, because you know as well as I do, if they hadn't been able to complete last season, in terms of the TV money, that would have been extremely damaging. So obviously what we want is we want stadiums for 50,000, 80,000. We want those full stadiums. Of course we do. But we have to proceed in as safe a manner as possible. I know how much work went in to actually get the hygiene concept created uh, and to convince government that that was a viable option. And the fact that we've completed a Bundesliga season, we now have the next season Yes, we don't have fans and we want that as quickly as possible. But just the pure fact that this is happening, when you look at so many industries that have just stopped, you look at theatre, you look at uh, dance, you look at all of the arts, they've just stopped in many ways. So uh, football is in a good place in that regard. What I hope is that football collectively tries to move towards something more sustainable. Uh, and I think that does have to come uh, from the top in the sense that the the authorities need to work with clubs and think, right, how can we move forward? Because I don't think the wages are sustainable. I don't think the size of the transfer fees are sustainable. And what I hope is that we can move towards something where clubs are not as reliant on money coming in um, as they are right now. So you, you would like to see that sustainability going forward. It's going to be a very hard thing to achieve. It's going to be resisted in many quarters. But I do think unless we do that, unless we strive for something more sustainable, we are going to see clubs in very serious trouble and nobody wants that. And, you know, this is a, a new situation that we're all having to get used to in our lives uh we're all having to get used to in our work lives and that's just a reality that we're going to have to accept so i think even if as we hope and we all have our fingers crossed that a vaccine is rolled out and that things work out by the end of next year i do think at very least it's going to be a strong wake-up call for football that it needs to seriously look at its finances and see if it can make them more sustainable Here's hoping changes will be afoot because uh, here in America, changes are already happening. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'll keep uh, the football uh, where <laughs> it should be and the politics where that should be. Uh, one final question for you. Uh, we were entertained uh, after the Eintracht uh, Stuttgart match. We were entertained by uh, Derek Klassiker. I don't really like that moniker, but we'll just kind of go with it because it's kind of hardcore branded into everyone else's brain. So just it is what it is. Dortmund losing uh, 2-3, yet I thought they were a little bit more the brighter side. Do we have at least a hope 
that uh, someone's going to knock Bayern off of their perch this season? Because I don't know if it's going to be Leipzig and it isn't going to be. And uh, I think that uh, Leverkusen and Gladbach will just take points off of each other and off of other clubs and won't be able to push themselves. So I guess it's all on Dortmund once again. Can it happen? I think Leipzig will have a say. I think what we've seen, though, is again, Bayern in a big game, digging deep and finding a way to win. And Dortmund know they missed the chances in that game. We all hope as neutrals, obviously you're not a neutral, but the neutrals hope that we can have a title race and and that they can be pushed by him. But I think they're an incredible squad. And I think they've got an excellent coach who's brought the best out of them. I think in all the years I've been covering Bayern, it's one of the best Bayern teams there's been. I genuinely believe that. I think they can hurt you in so many ways. I think Lewandowski is as sharp as he's ever been. I think Müller is playing incredible football as well. So they're the team to beat. They've set the standards. And I think sometimes in this debate, we kind of try and drag Bayern down and say, oh, it's not fair. They've got the most money. And I understand that. But I think actually you'd like to see the other teams try and bridge that gap. And I think Dortmund have looked a bit more consistent. They've looked a bit more defensively strong. But it's going to be very difficult for them to find the consistency they need to hunt Bayern down. So I think we've we've had a couple of classicers now. We've had one in the Super Cup, one in the league, and they followed similar patterns. Dortmund made chances, didn't make the most of all of them, and Bayern punished them. And that's what they do. And they don't just do that to Dortmund. They do that to Barcelona, to Paris, uh, to other teams. So they're the best team in Europe right now. Uh, I think that's a fair thing to say, and they've set the standard again. Indeed, indeed. Uh, Kevin, it's been wonderful having you on the podcast. I've uh, appreciated your work that you've done uh, in promoting the Bundesliga in all forms out there very much. Uh, This kind of being your opportunity to kind of shamelessly plug whatever you are up to. So how about (laughs) it? Uh, well, just if you follow my uh, Twitter at Kevin Hatchard, you'll see all the games that I'm uh, going to be on, all the columns that I write as well. Uh, so uh, that's the place to go at Kevin Hatchard on Twitter. All right, very good. Fo- follow him, everybody. He's uh, he's a wealth of knowledge, and uh, he gets to see a lot of excellent Bundesliga matches outside of the Eintracht. So. Something we can all be envious of. Uh, Kevin, thank you so much. And uh, here's hoping we'll be able to have you on uh, later down the line. Thanks a lot. And that's our uh, episode. I'd like to thank Kevin Hatchard for joining the podcast. Um, it was really fun speaking to a gentleman who is able to look at the Bundesliga from a different point of view than we do as the fans. And uh, let us know uh, what you think. Uh, you can follow us on all sorts of different platforms. That's facebook.com slash H-E-F-Pod. For all the latest uh, you can find in the English language covering the Eintracht, you can find myself at on Twitter at KCSGE. Follow the show on Twitter. That is at H-E-F-Pod. And, of course, you can always drop us a line via email. That is Frankfurt at gmail.com so thanks for kevin for joining the podcast thanks for you for listening to episode 146 and until next time choose